Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it's kind of converged into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy looking being. Friends, I am your host, Eric Salagi. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured here on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. Most importantly, please share us, share the show, share it with others, share it with your friends, share it with people you don't like. I don't care. Just get it out there. Uh, leave us a leave us a five-star rating and review where you can. And Just a heads up, if you haven't yet, go down into the show notes, find the Discord server link, join our Discord. It's been a lot of fun. Quite honestly, it's something that I didn't expect I'd enjoy that much, but I've been spending a lot of time in there, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Just a heads up, any of you people that are possibly heading to the Ohio Bigfoot Conference during the weekend of May 6th, keep your eye out. I will have a booth there in support of the show again this year make sure you stop by i'll have some merch if you don't want any merch just stop by and say hi lastly uh you've heard me mention this and i will continue to until it launches uh uncomfortable patreon will be ready probably by the first of the month so keep your eye out for that it is going to be the only place where you can get uncomfortable afterthoughts and that is going to be in a video format. So you might want to take a look at that. Um, 
still working on shoring up the information for Bigfoot and Brews this year. Looks like September 9th is going to be the date that we're going to hold it. Again, it will be in Dwajak, Michigan at Sister Lakes Brewing Company. Again, that's September 9th. I'm currently in conversation with two well-known speakers that will be heading up the show with the success of last year's and word of mouth. I would, as soon as I release the information and the tickets are available, don't hesitate. Get your tickets because I'm afraid they're going to go fast. And now for tonight's guests. They are the purveyors with a propensity for the paranormal. Litigants of mountainous lore. Seekers of ancient undiscovered treasures. And the gatekeepers to a land where old world gods still rule. They are three men who weave a craftwork of the unexplained for the uninformed. Ladies gentlemen and the newly defined I bring you Appalachian intelligence <laughs> gentlemen <laughs> How, so how are one? you doing tonight, Eric? <laughs> well, w- yes. way above, way, way, way above what we deserve. I can tell you that. Yes. Well, that was awesome, gentlemen. It is good to good to see you all again. That was excellent. Good to see you that again, Eric. Far. How, how's that yes. rate? Up, up in not the, far. One of the best intros we've ever received in the top yeah. five, at least. <laughs> yes, yeah, man. I put that Absolutely. up there with uh, Mark's intro. That was great. Good. That's what I was going for. Yeah, that was excellent. That was excellent. I'm I'm flattered, flattered right now. I'm blushing a little bit. I believe. <laughs> we can't is, see you. Is Justin. that why you turned off the camera? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's probably this. Uh, that's probably this hill folk Wi-Fi. <laughs> All right, folks. Tonight I am joined by Justin, Lance, and Ryan, the three amigos of the hill folk over there at Appalachian Intelligence. Gentlemen, it's so good to see you. Uh, We had a ball talking when I was on your show. I think we went way into the wee hours of the morning. Um, I would expect no less tonight. Um, How have you guys been? Doing great, man. How have you been, Eric? Good. Been busy. Uh, Everything is... Everything is moving forward. Uh, I took a took a cue from you guys and the and the Hollow Sky boys, and went <coughs> excuse me went and made myself a legitimate business. Uh, we got the LLC taken care of. Um, I had a merch store run there for a while. Did real well with that. Um, just, I mean, Saturday night I had uh, interviews. Friday night I had interviews. Sunday afternoon, I had interviews. Um, it's just just going at it, doing the work, putting it in. You know, that's that's there's the worse gonna... problems to have with a podcast, though. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then if if I'm not getting somebody that wants to be on the show, I'm getting people that are emailing me their story saying I don't want to be on the show, but I want to get this off my chest. So, yeah, 
I may be more talkative yeah. tonight, Eric. Uh, uh, quit gummies, and I haven't recorded, and I can't tell you how long. Well, good. And good. I've just been itching. <laughs> <laughs> itching, itching as in a is that a is that a withdrawal symptoms for the lack of gummies or? <laughs> yeah, I think a little of both, Eric. Um, <laughs> we're gonna do like Theo Vaughn, and my favorite my favorite uh, flavor of weed is cocaine. From now on, that's <laughs> <laughs> wow. That took a turn quick. <laughs> no, no, no. Just kidding, JK. JK. <laughs> Gentlemen, I want to I want to get into a lot of things tonight. I want to hear from each of Good. you what your what what prompted what what pushed you <clears throat> what pushed you into the paranormal the weird that I want to get instances from each of you if if you had experiences in your life that really were the the catalyst for that um, but before before we get into that Justin you heard from me not too long ago, um, a, a common common friend of ours that makes an appearance on my show and uh, reached out to me with some information that she thought was going to be of some value to you uh, in, in what way we had no idea. Um, and I, I messaged you what she said. And <laughs> Uh, not surprisingly, your response, uh, was pretty much spot on like WTF <laughs> what's going on here. Um, yeah. can we talk about yeah. that a little bit? Can we talk about that and, and yeah, give me the background on, on what that led you to. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, right now there's a, a couple things that we're still kind of, we have our feelers out for, uh, you know, some different, some different things that were said and, and comments that were made, you know, some stuff that we need to be kind of looking for. Um, but as far as, you know, like the first initial response, uh, when you said, you know, Hey, uh, this, this, this friend of mine, she has a, a, a message that she needs to deliver or that she wants me to deliver to you guys. And it was something small, you know, something like uh, along the lines of um, the lower or, or the southwest 19 of or southwest, uh, southwest lower 19. Wasn't yes, it? that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I was getting ready to pull it back up. Um, but yeah, and I was like, what could that mean? You know, I've, I've got no idea what that can mean. So I was in the middle of researching an upcoming episode that we were going to do on our show. And uh, it was about uh, a certain county in the state of Virginia. Well, I started looking and I was like, wait a minute. I started counting the counties that either bordered or really, really closely bordered the state of Virginia. I was like, there's 19 counties here. And where I'm looking at is in the lower southwest corner of the state. So I was like, holy crap, you know, <laughs> she she hit the nail on the head with this one. So, you know, that kind of blew my mind a little bit. But then, you know, a lot more information starts coming in. And, um, you know, I actually I got in contact with her and was talking back and forth and just asking generalized questions because that's, you know, what she asked me to do. Mm -hmm. And 
she she started giving some information about our, well, she, I don't think, really knew that it was about our treasure hunt, you know, our search for this this lost swift silver mine that we've been on for for months now. Um, But she gave some information and actually brought it down to some GPS coordinates and the, the crazy thing about all of it is the coordinates that she sent, and I don't know if we've made this public or not yet. I haven't even, you know, a lot she of never, this, she uh, never shared that with me either. Well, we, we've been going back and forth a little bit and uh, she sent me some GPS coordinates to a spot in Omar, West Virginia, a little town called Omar, West Virginia. Now, when she first sent it, I was like, what in the world could this mean? This, I mean, she's had to have a, uh, something's going on here because we don't have anything to do with Omar, West Virginia. You know, that's, I don't know of, of anything that's remotely close to that in any of the research that I've done, you know, in Swift's journals or, or any of this stuff. Well, I start looking on Google Maps and finding where this place actually is. And it's just south of some of our our colleagues and peers in the podcast game, some of our Central Appalachian brothers up in West Virginia, uh, Bo Kennedy with the Bump Podcast and Josh and Richie with the Sword and Staff Podcast. They live in the same area around Logan, West Virginia. Well, these coordinates to Omar, West Virginia that she sent, <coughs> excuse me, were just south of that. So I messaged Bo, and as I messaged Bo, I thought because these boys had stumbled upon and rediscovered a lost serpent mound around their area in Logan County, West Virginia. So I messaged Bo, and as I messaged him, I thought there's no way that these coordinates can be close to this serpent mound. Like if if this is close she may be on to something. So I message Bo asking him about Omar. He tells me a couple little things about Omar, West Virginia. And then he says, Hey, that's pretty close to the, the area that we've rediscovered that serpent mount. And I thought, Holy crap, dude. No kidding. And then she told me, she told me this may not be the area that, or this may not be the area that contains the item that you're searching for. But this is where you need to begin your journey. This is where your journey should start. Maybe it's just for a history reason or something along those lines. So that's kind of where we're at right now. I've got Bo doing some recon (laughs) as far as the Omar area. He's been talking to a couple historians in the area, and he's got a couple buddies that are metal, like metal detector hobbyists. Yeah, and he's, he's he's talked to them and and had them going around. So that's kind of where we're at right now with with our uh, common friend and some of the. She's something else. Isn't also, she? sent us a picture of an Irish wolfhound dog, and uh, we hadn't met anybody with one of those. But then the other day, <laughs> these people started following me on Instagram because they like the podcast. And I clicked on it just to be sure that's what it was about, you know, because you don't just follow everybody that follows you because there's a lot of those bots and things like that. Well, these people are legit. And 
the very first picture that pops up, they have this Irish wolfhound. And also, guys, remember she said Larry is a liar? Yeah. Well, let me give you this story. The guy down here that buys our boots, our work boots, his name's Larry, and he was supposed to pick up my muck boots the other day, and he didn't. He lied. <laughs> so she got it right. Larry is a liar. <laughs> uh, well, for the listeners, um, the, the the common friend we have uh, is uh, none other than JJ Rose seven seven seven. God bless her. She is. Uh, she's something else. That's. Uh, that's funny though about Larry. I had forgot she had said, <laughs> and I remember when she was telling me about Larry. Um, she she said that that guy was like he was no there was there was no playfulness no he was like all business. He was screaming at her. Larry is a liar. You know there was whatever whatever she was interacting with was very adamant about. Larry being a liar, so I can tell you, I still don't have my muck boots. So <laughs> maybe that was it. Maybe that was just well, special I haven't for you, trusted <laughs> every Larry that I've came in contact with since then. I don't trust <laughs> as far as I can throw. So if you're out there and your name's Larry, we got a problem right off the bat. <laughs> you better make a you better make a pseudonym to come on our Discord. Yeah, that will start changing your name. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call you Lawrence. <laughs> it, it's inter- it's interesting when you when you start getting hits like that from somebody that is completely, totally disassociated from anything that you're doing, from every aspect. No possible way of knowing any of what you were looking into, investigating. You know, and then to hit on something that is seemingly that relevant. Um, I mean, literally isolating the area of Virginia that you oh, yeah. were, you're looking at. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's It was super weird, dude. It was super weird. It was like, go ahead, Lance. Sorry. It's initially, too. I was, Eric, I was totally like, this, no way. This isn't real. She's trolling us. She's done just just enough research to tickle our ears and pique our interest, and she's kind of thrown this just because. And then, like, more and more stuff just kind of kept coming, kept coming to light, uh, and more and more things were eerily relevant to what we were looking at. That I had to like take a step back and be like, "Whoa, what's?" what's really going on here? Like what's really happening? Why is this person who doesn't know who we are? I really care. Yeah. Getting these information or messages or whatever. And then wanting to relay relay them to us. Um, it's those types of things for me have always, I've been very skeptical of just because I think you ask the right, and this is just my personal opinion. You ask enough right questions, do just a little bit of surface research, make enough general paint with a broad brush a lot of times you can pretty much hit on a lot of stuff um if you're good at it yep absolutely. Um, and most of those people are kind of that way i think 
Um, but there have just been too many instances now where things have popped up. There's, 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 there's something a little different about this situation. Yeah. Ryan, did you want to start up a jackhammer or uh, pull a I thought I was on mute. Or? I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Good Lord. I'm so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, I was trying to... Stinking bed keeps sliding. I'm not in my office anymore, so I don't have a very good studio to work with right now. Uh, uh, oh man, it, it's all right. You're you're recording under duress tonight, so you got to look over. <laughs> look over. Listen, it's been yeah, a couple weeks. I'm rusty. We're not even really sure that this is the real. We're not even sure this is the real this is the real Ryan. He's Listen, a, guys. took a job with the feds. I'm pretty sure he may be a clone. He comes up with his head shaved, no hair at all that I can see on his body. Period. I'm surprised he's got eyebrows. Looking exactly like a cyborg Ryan would look. Yeah, me too. You know I've been bald on. for a while. You know I've been bald for a while. <laughs> Have you, though? Yeah, that's exactly what fake Ryan would say. That's exactly what a fake Ryan would say. Exactly what cyborg well, Ryan flat earth would say. isn't real. Does that convince you? <laughs> but no, you know what I was thinking no, talking about our all your common talking about our, our, our mutual friend JJ Rose, triple mm-hmm. sevens there. Um, you know, as far as biblical times, there were prophets, prophetesses, things like that. Just because we don't call people that now doesn't mean they can't be gifted with the same gifts, you know? Uh, it doesn't make it witchcraft. It doesn't make it evil. It just, to me, she seems like she's going about it the right way. She's not drawing attention to herself. She's not She's not Miss Cleo no. trying to get you to call a 1-800 number Absolutely not. for 99 yeah. cents a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she seems she's more legit to me. And quite honestly, you know, I mean, I've had, I've had a lot of experience with her. Um, We have been, we have been very friendly since my episode with her Um, to the, to the extent of, you know, text messages a couple of times a week, phone calls, maybe once a week. Um, she's just a very nice, very pleasant, wonderful woman. And, um, there's, there, all that to say that the amount of, the amount of things that she has pulled out of her hat with regards to me is the only reason I would have ever even reached out to you guys with the information that she had. I had no, oh yeah. I had no, yeah. I had no worries whatsoever. Well, if it if it did not present itself in the moment of being relevant, I knew that at some point what she said would would end up popping up because that's that is her mo. That's yeah. that's the way it works with her. So, um. well, kind of like what Ryan was saying right there too. You know, in in our communication back and forth. Um, yeah, that's, that's some of, that's what she was saying. Like, look, you don't, I don't want you to put my name out there. You know, I'm not, I'm not seeking any kind of, of fame from this, you know, I'm just getting this information and 
I want to share it with you guys because I'm being asked to share it with yeah. you guys. This information is for y'all. So there's no sense in me hanging on to it. Uh, and, and again, man, I mean, she's been spot on with a ton of stuff and, and a couple other things. She's pretty much just told us, look, it ain't time for this yet. This will come to pass. Uh, just be looking for it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things that we're just, we're looking for it and we're using the information that, that she's given. And here's a fun fact. There's been a whole lot of treasure found in this same kind of vein where people are getting information from, uh, we'll say other sources yeah, and then delivering it to other people. So hopefully she's on the right track. I mean, she has been so far for your, for your guys sake. I hope she is. And, uh, since I was, yeah. uh, since I was yeah. the middleman, uh, delivering the message, uh, <laughs> you know, just, just That's a little, right. just a little slice. Yeah. We'll throw some bones. We'll throw some, look, we've already told everybody. We've already yeah. told everybody. If we do find this, we're throwing ropes, man. We're <laughs> uh, high tide raises all ships. Uh, our close podcast friends, which you are one of them. We I love your podcast. That. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and you in general, Eric, not just blowing smoke up your butt because we're here, you know. That's um, you're just an awesome show, man. You're an awesome dude. Just You're fun to talk to. Uh, yeah. So if we ever find that and uh, we have bub, bub, bub billions to throw ropes <laughs> around, uh, absolutely. Uh, you... I know hollow sky for sure. <laughs> we will all be full-time podcasters. We got to get Kyle out of those trees, man. That's yeah. No high. kidding. That's too high before something happens. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate what you said. And, you know, I think we, I think we walked out of the last interview when I was on your guys show with a, a pretty good understanding of what type of people we are. And, you know, I think I said it back then, though, you're, you're the type of people I want to surround myself with. You're good people. We don't have to, we don't have to agree on every aspect of life or how we think it happens or why it happens. But you know, the fact that you're just good people and you're, we're doing things for the right reasons and we want to help people. So I love you guys and you're doing a great job and I just wish all the success in the world for you. So hopefully you find that damn treasure. All right, let's talk about some spooky stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get it. Lance, let's hear from you, bud. What what well, set, what set you on the track? I've had myself personally zero paranormal experiences. Um I've never had I have have some more UFO-ish type things that I think have happened recently. Um, that's probably just because of this podcast. I've been more aware and just more sensitive to those things. Yeah. But I've had actually zero, zero paranormal activity or zero paranormal experiences ever in my life. Um, but I grew up with Justin. Um, and Justin has had a ton of paranormal experiences. Um, and I have had paranormal experiences with him. Um, I think where I was just kind of essentially not the focal point of the experience, but was there wrong place, wrong time. Um, and because of that, 
um, had that experience and have never had anything since then. Um, but I was a weird kid. <laughs> I've always been a weird kid. Um, I like weird things. Um, I like reading strange things and trying to figure them out. Um, and my brain, I think, even from a young age, is just kind of wired to try to find things where everybody else considers them normal um, or everybody else considers them just what everybody else is doing. So that's just kind of the way you should be behaving or acting or doing or whatever the case may be. And tr- just be different. Like, I just, I've, I don't know what, I think it's just the kind of uh, uh, the nature of I was born with. Like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a different, I'm a different dude. I just, I'm just weird. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. So I think because of that, I've been a little more sensitive to weird things. Um, in the end, like being at a very impressionable age uh, with Justin, like when we were 16, 17, 18 years old, we're trying to figure ourselves out. Um, and he's did was dealing with a lot of stuff. Um, and I was kind of that punching bag for him where he would kind of come to me and just spout about whatever it is he was dealing with. And a lot of times I would tell him he was crazy. A lot of times we would kind of get in, in ready to a, to a point to where we're getting into a fist fight. And when we didn't, we wouldn't kind of hug and go on. Um, but I think at that impressionable age, it kind of heightened my awareness to the things that things are not what we see. Like th- things are not what we're told. There's a whole different world out there um, that is, needs to be explored, needs to be understood, and then needs to be talked about. Um, and that's kind of been just my mindset ever since. And then these boys kind of rolled along many, many years later um, and started this podcast. And it's became an avenue for me to be able to express some of the views, express some of the feelings I've had about weird things um, and be able to talk about it with other weird people, <laughs> essentially, uh, with these two individuals. Um, we've got a really just a paranormal weird menage a trois going on that it's just kind of how kind of how we do things. Um, and it's allowed me to yes. you know, express, I think a lot of thoughts and information that I have attained over the years, but like, we just like in my family, like we just didn't really talk about those things. Like we all understood supernatural world. Yeah. It was there. Things could happen. Yeah. Demons are real. Sure. Yes. We, we, we just kind of understood these things, but like, we didn't talk about ghosts and we didn't talk about, Bigfoot, and we just like we just didn't wasn't just really a conversation that we had, but it was always things I was so interested in. Um, so this became kind of an avenue. So that's kind of how I guess I got into the weird. Justin was in the middle of a haunting, um, and I was there standing with him, saying that there's not this is not real. You were having a mental break. You're 17 years old, just had a baby. You're trying to figure out life. You got a ton of pressure on you. That's why you're experiencing these things. And then I saw stuff dancing around the wind, the the, the uh, uh, pictures in his room or in his house with him. Um, and I was like, okay, this isn't just a mental break. Like, this is something legitimate that's going on. Explain um, that. Well, you saw what happening? All right. So he was he was going through. He, he's a haunt. He's a whole story. Um, 
of, of being haunted by a shadow person, essentially. Um, or I don't haunting, maybe not the best word, but there is definitely an entity that was messing with his son uh, and him. Um, and had it, it kind of progressively got worse. And he was coming to coming to me and telling me this stuff, right? Um, so I was just thinking, here, here's a guy that's 17 years old, just had a baby. World has been flipped upside down. Um, Stressful A lot of pressure on him. Yeah, stress is a lot of we're gonna graduate high school. What's he gonna do? Like, there's a lot of things, you know, he's having to make a lot of adult decisions and he's not an adult yet. Um, and I was there, not 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 judging him by no means, but, but just trying to help. I do whatever I could to help. Like, I would try to come help with the baby. I don't, I've never and they had never been around a baby. I don't know what I was gonna do. Like, I, I would have no idea what to do, but I was just trying to be helpful and just be his friend. Um, because we were just we're boys and always have been. Um, so he's telling me all this stuff that's going on. Um, and I'm listening to it. And again, in my brain, I am trying to reason it. This isn't an actual shadow person. At all. He's not actually hearing these things, right? There's, there's not a real entity that's actually there. Um, he's having a mental break or he's going through just so much stress that this is how he is relieving, alleviating this stress. Um, but I was, this has been going on for, for a while. Um, and was up at his house with him. Um, and he, I could tell like the, the mood, the, the, the energy in the room change. We were just kind of there, just hanging out, having a good time, whatever, just talking, just, just being, just being kids. Um, and the energy in the room changed and I felt it. Um, and I could feel him kind of get like just more anxious. I could just kind of tell he was getting a little more, just fidgety and, and kind of, he's always kind of hyper and fidgety. He always was, always has been, still is. But it, it got worse. Like I could just kind of tell there was a level that changed. And he was kind of looking around. And so in his trailer at the time, um, they had, his mom had pictures of just like, like religious pictures that had like mirrors in them. Like you kind of, deck, you know, if I'm talking about where there was a painting there, but it was sure. actually painted on a mirror or whatever, where you could see your reflection in the painting or whatever the case may be. And I looked, and there was a black shadow that was bouncing all the way around the room from mirror to mirror, from image to image. It was circling us all the way around. And these, his, his, the living room was full of these pictures. Um, and I, could, I watched it, this, this shadow, like, bounce around. There's some circles in these, in these pictures. And I could tell, like, he, he saw it, felt it, too. And, like, there wasn't like a ceiling fan, there was one, but it wasn't on that maybe have caused, you know, the light or whatever. Like I watched it several times. It darted from image to image all the way around us. Um, and the room got colder, much, much colder. Um, and the energy changed. Like it just, it was like a heavy, just a really heavy feeling. Um, and Justin and I, like we're pretty lighthearted. Like there's, Jokes always abound on like it's just kind of how we operate. We don't, you know, we, we, we can be serious when we need to, but even in serious moments, most of the time we're trying to find a way to crack a joke and kind of, it's just kind of how we operate. But it was not that way that night. It was a heavy, depressing, like just pushing on my chest. Um, and he felt it too. And I, I watched this image dart around a couple of times and I was like, just JK, uh, we, we, we've got to get out of here. 
Um, I'm, I believe you. Like, I, I'm with you now. Like, I'm, what you're saying, you're not just, you know, see, this is real. I, I get it. I get it. I understand what's going on. Um, so we got in the car and left, uh, just left the trailer. Um, and it took me uh, weeks probably to be able to get to a place to where I could process exactly what happened. Um, it was such a, it wasn't a terrifying moment. It was just like a, such a vivid point of realization of, I've always known the supernatural was real, but I've never experienced it. Yeah. Now I've experienced the supernatural and I don't like the fact that it's real. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't know what the hell to do with it now that you've seen it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, so that kind of that was the point, I guess, that kind of really accelerated my interest in the spooky. Are other things are other things still a hard sell for you? You know, are there some things that you're just not willing to wrap your head around? Um, Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Like I, I don't. This is this, this is going to sound strange coming from a guy who, who has a paranormal podcast. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe they're real. I don't believe that spirits get trapped here. Um, I don't believe that like spirits can get caught in loops or whatever and can haunt people. Um, I have. I just don't think ghosts are real. And Ryan giggles at me because we've had this conversation lots of times. Um, I just I, I can't. Well, I don't I believe, believe in ghosts either. Is the thing. <laughs> I just don't think it's real. I think that once your body dies, your soul goes elsewhere. Um, it doesn't get trapped here. So, I have a so, so on ghosts. Yeah. So just to anything that people. So then you, the question always follows up. And then what do you do with the experiences that people have of hauntings of ghosts? I think any of those type of things um, are demonic presences that are giving visualizing um, certain things to people to, to scare them or to, to, to whatever the case may be. All right. I just wanted to take a minute and jump in here at the point that you heard the interference at the end of that last statement. That is when Justin went completely blank on our screen and you'll see throughout the rest of the conversation that it's quite some time before he re-enters. And in order to do that, I actually had to bring him in via phone call rather than his online presence. So you'll notice a difference in quality of his recording. I apologize for that, but it was literally the only way we could get him back in. And once he does, make sure you pay attention to his statement about what was being discussed. You know, I think, and I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that it's wrong. Um, I think a lot of people are in that camp that it's either anything that's going on is either good or bad. It's either holy or unholy. I tend to 
I tend to be on the on the side of there's there's holy there's there's unholy and I think there's a a lot of in between I think there's a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily fit the paradigm of I think there's a lot of things out, outside both of those and I think there's it's a it's a gradient you know there's there's things that maybe tend to lean more towards the the darker side of things but aren't 100% dark and I think there's other things that lean towards the light but aren't 100% light I think you know when when you get into that kind of a conversation I think the the individual's background their their belief system what they grew up with what they've been taught I think that comes into play a lot and you know ghost wise I don't believe that ghosts are trapped but I do think I do think there is some some sense of of realism to the the idea that maybe they haven't finished everything you know I had like I told you guys my experience you know with my dad um when we talked on your show and I don't I don't think that I don't think that was I don't think that was evil. I don't think that was something bad that was messing with me in the in the guise of my dad or you know trying to impersonate um again, I could be I could be completely wrong, but it's just it's interesting to to be able to talk to open-minded people who who come from a different standpoint on things and and to be able to then look at it from that perspective and uh it seems like justin's having a, a lot of problems getting back in yeah it's, it may it's, be that hill folk wi-fi he was talking about that's, sure that's what he was saying. <laughs> but you said you had some it's, uh, uh i'm sorry go ahead ryan oh i'm sorry i was just saying it, it can be tricky with his wi-fi sometimes but, you know, I do have a theory on ghosts, being as Lance and I don't believe they're trapped spirits of people passed on. I'm sorry, I do have the hiccups also. Um, <clears throat> Another side effect we, uh, of no gummies. <laughs> yeah. You know, just Buffalo Trace tonight. <laughs> nice. uh, but uh, that's my favorite whiskey, Eric. But, um, it's good. It's good. So... I was reading the other day on this uh, uh, physics article, and it was saying that the you know most physicists believe string theory, and in order for string theory to be correct, there has to be multiple universes. Say that again. You kind of cut out. There has to be what? Say these. Now I've lost all of you. Is that 
those other dimensions or universes are only millimeters away. However, Ryan, Ryan, let me stop you. Just when you first started getting into that, I completely lost you. So start, okay. start back with your, your theory on ghosts. Okay. So not trap spirits, but I was reading a article the other day, how, um, uh, uh, on, uh, physics and and these physicists they believe string theory right to explain the universe and all that's going on in it and uh, so with that what they say is if you take an atom and you blow it up to the size of the universe these strings would be about the size of a tree so compare you know the size of a tree even the largest one we can think of Compared to the universe, that's pretty stinking tiny, you know. But they say that these other dimensions or universes, whatever you want to call them, are literally millimeters away. But they vibrate on a different frequency, just like those strings vibrate that make up the universe. They vibrate on different frequencies. So I think, what if... You know, um, the A-bomb, certain natural disasters, things like that. Throw off the frequency just enough. And then you see like a shadow. Because if you're going, if you're doing a multiple dimension or multiple universes, and that's a universe within inside a universe within inside a universe, there has to be one out there that they're still, you know, dressing like it's the 1800s or, you know, uh, there, there's another me out there wishing they'd made every life decision that I have to get where I am because they have it so bad. Vice versa, there's a me out there that's made every right decision in life, you know, and doing so much better. But I think, what if those are just impressions, you know, from those other dimensions or universes, if you will? And that's just, you know, just enough to mess with the frequency, the vibration in the frequencies that we catch a glimpse of them. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've read articles, you know, basically explaining what you just did. And it, it's, it's super strange because, you know, what if, what if our are delving into nuclear technology. You know, I mean, the the vast number of nuclear tests that we've done on this planet since nuclear fusion was obtained, you know, what if we've torn through those veils, those 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 very thin membranes that keep one dimension from the next and the next and the next. And maybe we've torn through two or three or four of them. And we're seeing things from several different dimensions, you know, again, like the ghost stuff or, you know, um, extraterrestrials or what people think are extraterrestrials, Um, UFOs, you know, some of these things that you see, you know, I mean, I had Robert Kreider on on my 100th episode and he talked about literally seeing a pterodactyl fly across the hood of his car driving in New Mexico. He had three people in the car with him. I interviewed another member of that 
that vehicle and he told the same exact story. It was about three feet long. It had a spade at the end of its tail. Its wings didn't have feathers. It looked like leather, um, leather skin. And its head was a large, uh, elongated triangle. You know, where does that come from? You know, is, is there a, yeah, yeah. are there pterodactyls still alive in the wild or are we seen into the past? Yeah, exactly. Like somewhere in another dimension or another, in one of the multiple universes, the dinosaurs are still king, you know? Uh, technically, if you get how many, what, a hundred million light years away, and if they could see us from there, they would be looking at the dinosaurs. So <laughs> rather than, you know, looking back through time. You know, and there's some theorists but that it's nuts, man. There's some theorists that say that once once something has occurred, it will always be occurring. So, just like you said something about looking back into the 18, 1860s, through the theories of some people, the 1860s are still existing and still going on somewhere. At some point in our line of time, so who knows? Man, that's crazy. But you know, I mean, I talk to a lot of people who are um, light workers, um, psychics. You know, on that end of things, you know, much like JJ, and apparently, the word is. <laughs> Um, the word on the street is that, you know, the veil has a rip, a tear, a tear in it. And, and where normally that veil closes at a certain time during the year, it hasn't closed and it's been, it's been getting bigger. Um, you know, how do you quantify that? Or if it's the one... How do you measure that? Or if it's the one Crowley is supposed to open. Who knows? But there's been a lot of weird stuff going on. And, you know, I mean, when you just, when you step away from everything and you, t- you start taking a look at just how weird this world has gotten. I mean, since you were a kid, since I was a kid, it's like, man, uh, at some point it it's almost unrecognizable in certain certain aspects it's almost like we're the aliens well i may have said this I mean, when when we talked before i mean if you take everything on this planet that's a living creature i don't care if it's a squid or a shark or a platypus or a frog bird emu llama you line everything up and you look at it and at the end of that line there's us What's the one thing out of everything that does not look like it belongs here? Us. Yep. That's us. Yeah. Also, the other day I had the thought that if we are living in a simulation, technically we are uh, a cognitive AI. We make decisions every day. 
we would do different things, random things, unless that's just what we're programmed to do, you know. It seems like we would be the cognitive AI in the in the simulation theory. You know, that's a really it's, hard uh, that's a really hard one for me to wrap my head around. I I don't want to believe that. <laughs> and and there's too many things to me that point to it that not being it. The only there's there's one thing. There's one thing that that I've had an experience that makes me wonder what the hell. And that was a couple of summers ago. Um, I was, I was going down a couple of streets that I go down quite often and off to the left of me, I saw a plane and the plane was getting low, but it was too low for where it was at in relation to the airport. And the plane looked, it looked off. It looked, it looked a little too short. It looked a little too fat. The colors on the plane were like a, a bright royal blue and almost the same orange, that pukey looking orange that's on the Miami Dolphins uh, uniforms. Um, it just, it didn't look right. And I saw it, and I'm telling you, I swear, it wasn't moving. It wasn't moving. And I was on a street that I knew really well. It wasn't terribly busy. I looked behind me. Nobody was there. I pulled over to the curb. I stopped the car, and I looked back. So maybe 10 or 15 seconds went by. But where the plane was in relation to where it was going to the airport, it was a straight line. So I should have still been able to see the back end of the plane continuing. And it wasn't there. And I didn't hear it. And I was like, I, I called my son. I'm like, dude, you're not going to believe this shit. I said, I, th I literally think I saw like a, a glitch in the freaking matrix. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, he, he's had, he had some few choice words for me, but, you know, and I felt really stupid saying it, but I saw it and it doesn't make any sense. And that's, that's the only thing I was like, I don't want to think that every thought that I've had, that every action that I do is programmed and, and there's some random random prog program that uh, is is executing the things that I do on a daily basis but then I saw that and I was like I, I don't know man that was weird that was really weird <laughs> well before our buddy Lance here tells you about the time he saw the same thing what Lance, just Is that why you were day. smiling? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you said Just plane, day, I knew where you were going. No shit. Yep. As soon as he said plane, I knew what he was going to say too, because guess what, Lance? It happened to me. Just the other day, and I kept telling Ashley, I was like, look, that plane isn't moving. It's, in, it's just sitting there. And this is a commercial plane. Yeah. Because I live, you know, where, we, where I work, the airport is part of the airbase, and I work on 
a different section of bass. I actually can't talk about, <laughs> but um, so on a different section of bass, I can still see you can still hear the planes coming in. They're loud. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, it, I'm telling you, and I wasn't moving in a vehicle. I was standing out on a pier when I seen this. So I was I was out there for like twenty minutes. So the the argument cannot be made that your your rate of travel versus the direction that the plane was traveling in were canceling themselves out, and it, what appeared to be standing still was actually just uh, a, a confusion because of the two speeds that the the objects were both going. So that, exactly. that's good to hear because. And- and they can blame it on headwinds or all they want, but that's not how planes work. They don't just sit in one spot until the headwinds ease up. Um, I don't, I don't know what was happening, but I, you know, this is uh, this is where those things are like, uh, okay, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> and the picture I took when we came down here the last time. And the mountains, now it could have been my phone, but looking at my phone, everything looked clear. When I took a picture, like, it was so pixelated. I was like, this looks like I I didn't take a picture. It looked like I downloaded a picture from the AI, you know, that does the art. It was that pixelated. I was like, it's just nuts, certain things that happen. Well, I just uh, I got a message from your uh, your your cohort, Justin, and uh, his message says, "Dude, every time Lance starts talking about our experience, all my stuff goes haywire." <laughs> yeah, he sent me that same message. <clears throat> weird, weird, you weird. Can't talk about that anymore. I I, t- I told him we're onto the Matrix now, so try again. <laughs> Um, Lance, let, let's get into, let's get into your, your plane. Uh, so I want to, to bring my wife into this conversation because she's a total skeptic, <laughs> like total, total skeptic. Um, she, her, her explanation for things that when she, she's had some weird stuff happen to her as well. But her explanation for things, like when we begin to try to talk of them out is, if God wanted me to know that, he'd tell me. That's her just that's just her blanket cover for everything. Um, so she's doesn't think about these things much. I think a lot of it's because she had some experiences when she was younger, but we won't get into her psyche yet. I won't psychoanalyze her on the show, but um she we're total skeptic. We're traveling up I eighty one, um, which is the major interstate where we're at here, going through Maryland into Pennsylvania. There's a military base that's up there, military airport. Um, and as we're traveling northbound the night before we saw the plane, there seemed to be an unusual amount of activity in the sky um, to where she, she like, on a couple of different occasions, she said, there's, there's a UFO up there. Like That's not a helicopter. That's not a drone. That's not a plane. That is something else. Um, 
And I just kind of laughed. And, well, yeah, probably is. You know, aliens are going to come get us, whatever. Um, and it happened. We're on like an eight-hour trip. So it happened numerous times. Um, so she was, I guess, a little, a little heightened in her awareness of things. Um, and I just, again, I, I just kind of chalked it up to it's more close to the military base. It's hard telling what they've got flying up there. There's probably some kind of drones, you know, whatever it is. So we're traveling the next day. We're coming back, um, traveling southbound. Um, and this is right in the middle of the day. Um, and we aren't in the same area. We're still relatively close to this, this, this uh, airport. And we're traveling southbound, and we're taking like a left-hand kind of turn on the interstate. And I see a big plane um, banking and coming at us um, to, to land. Um, and my girls love airplanes, so I and they're like iPads or whatever. So I, I say, "Girls, look! Look at that huge plane! It looks like it's coming right at us." And of course, they look at, "Oh yeah, that's really cool. Wonder where it's going." And that was kind of went on. Well, it's it's it banks, and then we're kind of driving. Get my hands ready. We're driving. It's coming to us. And we're driving at it, um, and we're just kind of just kind of just kind of watching it over my kind of looking at my uh, window, looking at it. And then five or 10 seconds, like I just kind of forget about it because it's just another plane. Well, my wife hits me in the arm and has this panicked look on her. What are you doing? Look at that plane. Look at that plane. What are you talking about? Look at the plane. So I looked out my mirror, at my window and it appears that the plane is not moving. It looks like it is just stuck right beside of me. Like, it's lower than it should be, and, like, I'm looking at it, and I'm driving, and, like, I'm moving, and the plane is not moving, and it's just kind of sitting there. And, like, at this point, like, I'm looking, you know, every chance I can, from traffic back over, from traffic back over, traffic back over, and she's, she's like, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not moving, it's not moving, it's not moving, it's, it's stuck, it's stuck, it's stuck. And I was like, no, it's got to be the way we're traveling. It's got to be just, you know, optically, it just looks like. She's like, I'm telling you, I've been watching it. It's telling you it's not moving. Well, we're talking like, I watched this plane not move, Eric, for a minute, maybe more. And like, it just, I just, I keep looking like, then I have to look down in my rear view or my side view mirror and look, and then eventually I have to look at my uh, rear view mirror and I can still see it just sitting there. And then she's kind of, of course, turned her head looking at it. And then after another 10 seconds, we, there's a lot of traffic. So I'm kind of focused on the road for a second and she's kind of turned to look just to kind of see the traffic around us. And when we kind of clear, she looks back forward again. I look in the rearview mirror. There's no plane there. It's gone. It's so, you know, I've heard people do talk about these things and I've always been on the, on the side of, you just didn't, you just weren't paying attention. You, you weren't aware. It doesn't make sense. It's horseshit. You're mistaken. And until it happened to me and I mean, I'm a logical guy. I, you know, I'll break things down and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> you know, and, and the fact that, with me, 
I'll use the term, it almost looked cartoonish because like I said, it looked like it was slightly shorter than it should have been. It looked a little bit fatter than it should have been. And the colors were not quite right. Almost like it hit something like smushed. Well, almost, almost like, almost like the tuning in your TV was kind of going out and you know, the picture wasn't quite right. I got you. I don't know. That one's still, it's a tough one for me to talk about because when I talk about it, I, you know, I mean, ghosts, hundred percent. You want to talk about Bigfoot? I'm hundred percent. You want to talk about, you know, exorcisms, possessions, stuff like that? hundred percent. But when you start, I don't know. And part of me, I guess I worry if, if I, entertain the idea of something to do with the matrix, you know, type situation, then I'm afraid that I am, I'm not a flat earther at all by any stretch of the imagination. What the heck? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I just lost all internet. Everybody's gone. <coughs> Plane's not moving. <laughs> and then I'm like, holy crap, that plane is not moving. You know, so Eric, we kept talking, buddy. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I lost, I completely lost internet. Man. Completely went away. <laughs> They're talking about the matrix and they heard us. Yeah. We're getting too close. Oh We're getting too close to the answers. They're trying to stop us. It's because it's because where Ryan's working now, that's what they're doing. <laughs> it's, it's, I yeah. never said where it's, I'm working. No, you, you know who's doing it? I oh, had a problem so far tonight, Eric. Ryan, it. it's been no problem at all. Yeah, yeah. not real. Mine has been no problem. He's not real. But my boss did say today. He's like, uh, "Is this is this podcast going to be a problem?" I was like, "No, I won't talk about where I work." They just do specific training. It's nothing. Tops, yeah, well, I guess one part of it is, but just, just, just stop before you end up on some, yeah, just, just somewhere. stop. Oh, no, <laughs> just stop. Yeah. It's not like what I do is secretive. I'm a pipe fitter, okay? <laughs> I'm a pipe fitter for the Air Force. I just can't discuss the side I work on, but it's uh, 
Yeah, it's nothing like that. I'm not a clone, Eric. Don't worry. That's, what, that's exactly what a clone would say, Eric. That's exactly, that's exactly what, what a clone. <laughs> oh, I don't think I'm a clone. Justin keeps if trying am, like hell, but it. yeah. Oh man, that pleasant drive internet. But now, uh, as far as ghost experiences, Eric, I've never had any either. Justin is the the one guy that uh, can't get back on here has had the most ghost experiences out of all of us, or paranormal, I should say. My wife's looking at me right now because I'll tell you these stories and see if Justin can get on. So I was in the Air Force. We had a, a base house. And uh, our first base house, they had some older ones. They were uh, building the newer ones. We weren't. We were on a list to get into one of those, but we got one of the old ones to start off with. And uh, so one day, one day we had we had a, a dog, a, a boxer named Dixie, and we're we're napping on this sectional couch. Well, it's not put together with balls or anything. You know, you could slide the sections apart. And uh, I was on the long section, and she was on the short, short section, and uh, Dixie was sleeping that little cubby space in between the two. And uh, I woke up to the dog barking, hackles raised, and Ashley's section of the couch was scooted away from us. And I swear I heard it scooting as I was waking up, and I went, Ashley, what are you doing? And then she woke up. And the dog had was just barking at Ashley in the couch, like going nuts. That's what woke me up. And then we put the couch back together and watched TV and went to bed. Nothing else happened. <coughs> and then one time I was getting clothes out of the dryer, and uh, I was getting ready to take a shower. I'd gotten off work, you know, while I was getting the clothes out of the dryer. While I was picking out what I was going to use, you know, underwear, the socks I wanted, and all this and uh, then I turn around, I got the clothes basket, I take it in the room, and I come back, and uh, all those clothes I put on the dryer are gone. And I'm like, what in the world? So uh, I'm looking around everywhere for these clothes, and I know where I set them. And then find them in the clothes basket where I folded the other clothes and put them in the basket. I was like, well, that's really weird. So, <laughs> those are the two weirdest things I can tell you that I don't even know are actually weird things. You know, just otherwise, says, Eric, this man has had two paranormal experiences. He just won't say that they're paranormal experiences. I, I, I was going to say, I don't understand what, what part of that doesn't seem paranormal to you, but, um, Okay. Hey, uh, I got, uh, I got your brethren in, in, uh, Justin on here, uh, via phone. So at least we can get him back into the, the conversation. Justin, can you hear us? Yeah, I got you, buddy. All right. Well, at least we can get, uh, <laughs> it's been weird. It's been a little weird. <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah. Um, Probably. We're all having paranormal experiences tonight. Yeah, but nobody's going to admit it. 
<laughs> well, it's been super weird. What what's been going over the, on over there on your end? Holy crap! Well, I'm uh. Oh, hold up! Let me turn this off. Okay, so. I've been uh, watching you boys for about the last 30 minutes talk about all your your plane stuff and uh, all the glitches in the Matrix and all that good junk. I'm in here, but for some reason, it's not letting me uh, be a part of it at all. So I don't know what's going on there. Hmm. It's like... Must have angered the host of the Matrix, Justin. Well, it's like every time Lance starts talking about this whole thing. See, I can't get my earbuds to work. What is going on here, boys? I don't know, Justin. What'd you Something do? Something is... I don't know. Something, <laughs> something's legit going on on this end. Lance started talking about my shadow man, and then he likes to come in and start wrecking shop. I'm going to uh, take this little spray bottle of, uh, um, what, what did she call it? Uh, it's called Oh Hell No Spray. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Wednesday. ahead. Not today, Satan. Follow, I'm going to follow the directions and uh, do a couple of sprays there and see if... Uh, See if that doesn't help some. <laughs> well, I literally lost, I lost all internet at one point for maybe not quite a full minute where it completely kicked me out and I came back and they're still in here and they're still talking. <laughs> <laughs> and we tried to yeah, keep it going for you. I, and my, my wife just reminded me there's one more story to that old house. That, that we were in bed one night. Not paranormal. <laughs> now this is this is par- she claims it is paranormal. This happened to her, not me. But she's lying in bed. We're asleep, of course. Uh, she wakes up and sees this shadow person down at the end of the bed. And they come to her side, and she feels like she can't breathe anymore. So she starts invoking the name of Jesus and trying, you know, to wake me, but she's also kind of like in a a sleep paralysis mode. But uh, she kept saying the name of Jesus, and finally it actually came out of her mouth. And then all of a sudden, all that went away, and she shakes me and wakes me up and all that and starts telling me, and I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know. What? (laughs) She's telling me she's being choked by a shadow person. You know, that's the way she felt. So, So, yeah, there may have been something in that house. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. It sure freaking seems like it, but let's just call it what it is. (laughs) But it wasn't a ghost. (laughs) No. Yeah, see, Ryan always says, oh, I don't have any paranormal experiences. You know, nothing's going on at all. Uh, But here, let me tell you this crazy story that happened one time. And it ends up being, like, way scarier 
than anything else that anybody has to talk about. It's like, dude, how can you think that that's not, that's not worth sharing? Exactly. Justin, what about you? Any, uh, any weird, I hate to even use this terminology, but any weird glitches in the matrix for, uh, for you? No, no, I've never had any weird, uh, glitches in the matrix kind of encounters. Uh, you know, like Lance told you a little bit earlier, I did catch somehow I caught the majority of what you guys were talking about. I just couldn't participate in it. Um, but Lance told you a whole lot about, you know, some of the stuff that plagued me for a while. Uh, you know, right after we had my son, I was, you know, 17, 18 years old. Uh, but no, as far as glitches in the matrix, uh, I haven't had anything, a lot of paranormal stuff, but nothing along the, the glitches line. So going back to the, the things that you were experiencing when, uh, when Lance was, you know, with you and, and, and trying to wrap his head around that, what, uh, what led to the, the succumbing of, of, of the entity that was messing with you, what finally got it to stop? Uh, well, I left, (laughs) I completely left. We got to a point, uh, let's make a long story really, really short. Uh, we had a whole lot of poltergeist type activity going on. Um, at, at, I li- we stayed with my mom and dad, we stayed with our parents and her parents back and forth. We just had a kid. I was still in high school. We weren't trying to make anybody mad. Um, so while we were at my mom and dad's house, a lot of these kind of poltergeist activity things started going on, uh, you know, like electrical things, just going crazy. Um, diaper genies scooting across the floor, uh, things turning on and off, heels clicking on the hardwood floor that you could hear. Uh, just, just a lot of craziness that was going on for weeks and weeks, and it just kept escalating. And that was in uh, your mom and dad's house? Head. That was in your mom and dad's yes. house? Yes. Yeah. Were they witness to this stuff? So, well? uh, my dad, he, he didn't believe any of it at all. Uh, he would just turn his head the opposite direction, and, and if anything weird did happen, he would just say, ah, nah, that's that's nothing. Uh, my mom, she had experienced some things. She didn't witness anything while it, it was going on with me firsthand. Uh, it was usually you know, late at night, up in the morning, after everybody had already been in bed, asleep, uh, before stuff really started picking up. <clears throat> But she had had experiences that I found out a little later. She had had experiences for years in the house. So anyway, it all came to a head one night. Uh, my mom and dad had went four-wheeling, you know, riding ATVs with a bunch of their friends. And it was just me and, and my wife now, girlfriend at the time, Monica, and our newborn son, Connor. And he was asleep in the, the crib. We had laid him down in his crib, set the baby monitor up. 
and we were kicked back watching a movie. I set the baby monitor beside my head, and we turned on a movie. You know, we were Netflix and chilling before Netflix was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we were kicked back. We were kicked back, and uh, I kept hearing like this whispering, this mumbling in the baby monitor beside my beside my head. So I would stop, you know, shut the movie off, listen really closely, go check on Connor. Everything would be cool. You know, this happened four or five different times. I was trying to be logical. I was trying to think, okay, well, we're around some strip jobs. We're around different places, maybe at CB frequencies, you know, that are kind of interfering, you know, whatever. So this keeps, this keeps happening. This keeps happening. I go check on him. Everything's cool. Nothing's in the crib that, that could be messing with it or fouling it up. Well, finally, I'm sitting there, and I tell Monica, I'm like, look, the next time this happens, don't act like nothing's going on. Keep the movie playing. Sit here, and I'm just going to sneak in there and, and see, you know, just see what's going on. You listen and make sure it's still going. So we're sitting there, the mumbling, like whispering, and, and it was kind of like just a like a, that's what we were here. So it started up again. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm motioning to her like, you know, hey, keep keep doing what you're doing. I'm sneaking in here to see. So I walk in there. I get to the threshold of the room. I look in and hovering and, and, and kind of bending forward over my son's crib, over my baby's crib, was this black humanoid shadow. And, you know, you hear everybody that ever explained the shadow man experience or whatever, they always talk about it being darker than dark, like it's absorbing the darkness around it. Well, that's what this thing was doing. I mean, it was, it was, it was blacker than black. And I couldn't make out any kind of facial features or anything, but somehow I knew that it turned its head toward me. And in my mind, it, my mind told me it was smiling. It was, it was sneering at me. And then I just, I went into to primal dad mode, ran in, grabbed Connor up. I don't remember where this thing went, what it did. I don't remember any of that. I just know that I grabbed Connor up. I headed back toward the living room with him. And I don't remember anything else until we were in the car at the bottom of the holler that we lived in heading to her parents' house. And I didn't come back for a couple weeks. That is creepy as shit, dude. Oh, yo, oh, one, oh, shoot. I forgot one key detail and all that. Holy crap. When I was sneaking in there to go check on him, I told Monica to, to, to keep paying attention. We heard on the baby monitor, it was all that whispering, all that mumbling. And then all of a sudden, I heard something come across the, the baby monitor that sounded like, now. I don't know an exact word. I don't know what, but that's the, the tone and kind of the, now. And that's when I was like, holy crap, I got to get in this room. And I was already almost there. But then I heard that, and I got to the threshold, and that's when I, that's when I saw what I saw and just took off. Took off, got out of there. Um, you know, the, the experience that Lance was talking about was actually afterwards. So 
I would leave. I, I left for weeks, and I would only come back to prove to a bunch of my buddies, Lance included, that I was crazy. Because I got to the point that I knew it was there. I knew that I could kind of provoke it into coming out and showing itself or making its presence known. So that's what I started doing. I would get hammered drunk and use him as a party trick. <laughs> that's what I did. That's creepy as shit. I mean, it, and then to, you know, add into the situation that, you know, the parent of a little baby, um, that, yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. Who, sure. By the way, was, Justin, is this age now that you were then? You're exactly right. He is. He turns yeah. 17 in a month. And he's a conductor. And paranormal. And exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll say this about Connor. Dude, he's a magnet. Is he? He is a magnet. Any investigation, tour, anything that we've ever been on. Number one, he loves it. He loves it. But anywhere we go, like we were investigating a, a small little abandoned town in Thurmond, West Virginia, and we're sitting in this old post office, completely dead air, nothing going on. And, you know, we have all this, these different pieces of equipment that are set up, you know, to, to you know, the EMF meters and, and, you know, temperature scales. And we even went so far as to light a candle and, you know, tell this thing to move the flame of the candle and all this different stuff. Had these little balls that would light up, you know, glow and stuff and something touched them. All kinds of different stuff. Well, we sat in there for probably a half hour communicating, talking, nothing ever happened. As soon as Connor started, as soon as he felt comfortable enough in, in the group that he was in to start asking questions and communicating, boom, it was like, one thing after another just kept on happening. It, it, like exactly what he would ask to be done would get done. I mean, it's just, he's a, he's a magnet. <laughs> it's crazy. I watched him communicate with something through a street light one night. He's a conduit. <laughs> yep. Do you guys do a lot of investigations? Um, not a ton. I mean, we, you know, we love to travel. We love to go different places. And any place that we do go to, he wants to go hit a ghost tour. Um, yeah, I told him just a few weeks ago, I was like, look, dude, I'm having way more fun listening to the stories from all these other people investigating than <laughs> actually being there doing the investigation. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we do. I mean, it's something that he enjoys. So whenever we do get a chance, I mean, we probably go on, you know, two or three a year, maybe just to go check out if we, if there's, if there's some stuff locally that, you know, easy to get to easy access, we'll check it out, you know, but, uh, it's a weird, weird father son bonded time, but he enjoys it and I enjoy it. So it's yeah. worth it. Yeah. That's, it's, it's something that's been, uh, I guess a weird bonding moment for, you know, my kids and, and myself as well. You know, I mean, it started off when they were young and watching ghost hunters and uh, ghost adventures. And then we, you know, we did some 
investigations of our own and we caught some stuff that was like wow that was easy that was really easy you know <laughs> I mean, um you know yeah. in one night and two two and a half hours um we had gotten pictures we had gotten evps and i had got a video recording of an orb that just literally manifested in front of us and then zipped around and, and disappeared and it's like <clears throat> for myself that was kind of on top of the things that i had experienced when my dad had passed away all my questions that i really had had pretty much been answered i mean i don't know the why's and the where's and the how's but I know that it's there and, you know, some people, they get addicted to the thrill of going and getting evidence. Yeah. I'm, I'm not that person. I, you know, for me, it was more of a, let's see what happens. And it happened and I'm, I'm good. You know, I mean, I'm not opposed to going to a, location now and again and and having some fun and and delving into it but as far as having to prove anything to myself i there i i don't need to i'm, I'm already i'm already in that camp firmly seated yeah for sure this sounds I, like i'm ryan, right there with you i think when you go through it sounds like ryan is too he just won't admit it yeah, yeah. That, just, Zach Baggins. <laughs> Boy, that guy has come under uh, quite a bit of fire here lately. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention or not. Um, yeah, think things are not sounding great <laughs> as far as people's experiences with him, which is unfortunate. But mm. yeah, seeing how he's a big face of this, you know, genre. Whether you like him or not, he's out there. Yeah, I, I don't know what's happening with him now. I haven't seen any of that. It's just uh, that is unfortunate. Just a bunch of people. I mean, to some extent, it's almost like what uh, Ellen DeGeneres was going through with a bunch of people saying that you know she's not a very nice person. She's doing. He's doing some underhanded stuff. He's getting keeping people from being able to do their shows by, you know, interfering, I guess. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's unfortunate and hopefully it's not true, but you never know when you're on the top of the rock, uh, everybody's coming for you. So, um, that's why I, I want this, I want the show to continue to grow, but I don't ever want to be the guy on the top of the rock. <laughs> No, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I don't think We're I have on to. top of literal rocks enough. To, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I have to worry about it. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, we stay on top of literal rocks enough to be on top of a figurative rock. So with your with your position as far as your geographic position, being there in, uh, you know, Appalachia, um kind of going back to some of the things that I alluded to in the, in your, your awesome intro, um, the, the area that you live, I mean, it's, it's got a reputation for, for being creepy and a lot of weird shit mm -hmm. going on. Is, is it, does it live up to that? Oh, yes. 
sure. Yeah. What, what Ryan are, Lance, you boys want to speak on that at all? Yeah, I mean, I mean if it's not, if from it's not a Bigfoot encounter or an ancient haunting of some type, then it's the local meth head. So it's like everything's pretty creepy just in general. Um, but I think that because of the, and we, we've talked about this a little bit on the show. Everybody, every family, every person you run into that has spent any extended time in Appalachia, all of them have some type of story that they can't explain. Right? They've had their papa has told them about seeing Bigfoot, or one of their uncles has a story um, about some type of ghost that they've seen that's haunted, or their crazy cousin has a little goblin that's ran out of a cave on them to stuff that miners have seen while mining coal. Everybody has, everybody you meet, if you can get it out of them, which is one of the things that we try to do on our show, you can get it out of them. Everybody has some type of story that is mostly unexplainable. Um, and and I, we've talked about this, and I think that because of the age um, of the Appalachian Mountains um, and because of just the different groups of people who have been through here and because of the way that the land itself has been treated, we think that the, the veil here in Appalachia is just thinner than it is everywhere else. And because of that veil being thinner, there's a lot more things that are seen and that have happened to people here. And because I mean, the old that, gods are buried in prison beneath the mountains. <laughs> there's also exactly that. what I was getting ready to say, Justin. And we believe that, you know, the fallen angels were trapped there. The it, old gods, you know. Is there is there some They were in prison under the mountains? Is there some literature or something? Is, is that just a joke between you guys, or is there some literature that? Right, it, so that is that is a theory a that McGranny Witch, um, a local Granny Witch that we know in our area, that when who has has tons of experiences. Like, and we say Granny Witch. By the way, he said, says them old faceless hanks in the mountains. I've met a few of them. They won't bother you. That's yeah. crazy. That's nuts. She said that. And yes, and and, yes. and numerous other things as well. Um Faces. and you know, they she 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 kind of likens when when asked why are things the way the very same question that you just asked us, like, why are things creepy around here? And she's seen you know, them old some of them old gods, some old old paints or whatever been trapped in these mountains for all these years and have to dig in that coal and let them out. Now the Appalachians is that? Am I am I correct? The second oldest um, mountain range in in America or in the world? I think it, I think it's fourth in the world, right? Fourth in yeah. the world. It's a debated topic, yes. yeah. a debated position based on what statistics you're looking at. 
uh, you know, it's, it ranks top five. They're definitely the oldest in the U.S. They're definitely the oldest mountain range in the U.S. But depending on where you look, they're usually like top four in the world in, in a weird, you know, depending on where you look, it'll be in a, a, a different order, you know, hold one, two, three, or four, depending on where you look. So either way it goes, they're super, super old. Do you guys have a lot of, like in your area, do you have a lot of news coverage of missing persons? No. Uh, we don't. Like every once in a while, but we just when you know, but it's not like you would, no, I would say not a lot. Uh, no. No, not as, as many as you would think. Uh, but now I also know of quite a few local missing people that have never really made any kind of mainstream news either. Like, yeah, you might read it in a, an article in a paper or, you know, a, a local paper, or you might see it in a, a local, uh, like a localized media source. But there have been a few that I can think of in the last, you know, three or four years. But then it's why it's also one of those things that, you know, we live in an area where substance abuse, mental health issues, like all those things are through the roof. Like they're crazy high. So you never really know that if they, you know, if this, were these people suffering from one of these things that kind of led this lifestyle that caused something to happen and a body just to be disposed of, never to be found again? Or, you know, was this something supernatural? Was this, was this something that happened that is different outside the norm? Yeah. But even with that, you may get a two minute news segment on the local six o'clock then that's the end of it <laughs> like it's just not yeah. something that it's reported a lot yeah if you if you guys had to pick oh, the creepiest thing that you guys have come across localized to the area that you're in what what would it be mm. man that's a good question that is a good question, Eric. You stumped us. <laughs> Let's see. I can't. Maybe a little recency bias, but wasn't that long ago Justin and I were doing just uh, local like legends and local scary stories and stuff, just in a geographical local, like, like 30 miles from us, like in, in, in 30 mile diameter around where we're at. And there is a story that is told in the town that's next to mine, so on 10 miles down the road, of this little boy. Was it a little boy or a little girl, Justin? Oh, yeah. Holy, holy crap. Uh, it was a little, uh, little girl. A little girl is supposedly haunts like a, a old holler road, and you can park and see her walking backwards down the road looking up the road like something's chasing her or something's coming after her. Um, and that's something that like, it's a story that people go to this road 
purposely to see this thing and have seen it. Like there's numerous people that have witnessed this little girl walking backwards down a road, like something's trying to get her. Um, and Justin can tell the story probably a whole, I don't remember all the details, but that, and that may be a little bit of a kind of a recency bias because we just talked about it not long ago, but that was one of the creepiest stories I've ever heard from our area. Yeah, and that's the place that we plan on going and checking out to, just that entire area, the town of Big Stone Gap, Virginia. Uh, there's a ton of places in that little bitty town that are reportedly haunted or, you know, they have certain things going on. And the town itself, dude, it looks like a like it looks like Haddonfield. If you're watching Halloween, if you're watching the Michael Myers movie, yeah. that's what this town looks like. Uh, but yeah, this little girl, the story, this, it's, I think it's called, uh, uh, tar road or something. I don't know. I don't remember the road name. Anyway, the backstory of this little girl that's seen walking backwards out of the holler, continuously looking as if something is after her. So this little girl and her family moves into the area, uh, early or, or mid 1900. And, you know, it's a coal boom town. They move in. And there was a family that lived on up the way from them. And this family had a son. The son was, was deformed. He was horrendously deformed. And all the locals would call him Monster Boy. So this little boy... You know, he didn't have any friends. His own family didn't even really show him any love because he was just so deformed that he was just kind of an outcast from society. So he goes and he starts kind of checking in on his family and this little girl that just moved in and, uh, you know, finally works up the courage to go talk to her and, and to play with her one day. Well, he walks up to her, asks her to play, and she, just like everybody else, she slides him. You know, she's like, you're hideous, get away from me, you know, that kind of thing. So he's hurt, he leaves. Well, he starts coming back for weeks and just watching her play around the yard and all this different stuff from the tree line. And the whole time he's doing it, he's getting angrier and angrier and angrier. So the legend goes that she takes off walking down toward the river uh, to do a little fishing or hiking, you know, whatever, one day. And he catches up to her and murders her in cold blood. The little monster boy murders the little girl in cold blood. Well, the girl's father finds out what happened, finds out that he did it, and he catches him in the woods and beats the little monster boy to death. So the, the way the legend has it, the way the legend goes, is it's this little monster boy that for all eternity now this little monster boy is chasing this little ghost girl down that holler to you know, murder her over and over and over. It's like a loop. It's a great story. It is a great story. And and a lot of people report going down that road and, and witnessing, seeing her walking yep. back. Yeah, there's been a lot of few reports. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's creepy. It's weird. Yeah, listen, Eric, we've done a lot of creepy stuff on the show over the last year and a half. He was telling me that the other night, and I had to take my headphones off. I like, stop. I don't want to hear any more of it. Oh, no kidding. I don't want to hear 
anymore. Yeah, it freaked me out. Well, any anytime you introduce young kids into into something, I always get a bit of queasiness because having been a parent, you know, any aspect of that story from you know the the little boy getting a, abused by people because he, he had a deformity, and you know it, the death of a little girl. I mean, all of it, it just turns my stomach. I mean, yep. I can barely I can barely look at an infant that has to wear glasses and and not get choked up and want to start crying because to me at at that age you've not been able to do anything wrong that you should be perfect and until you grow up and start to make bad choices in your life you know that nothing should be wrong with kids and that just that just tears me up absolutely i'm the same way used to have no sensitivity to those things at all. And I had two little girls and everything changed. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Yes, it is. Once you, once you become a parent, holy crap. Yeah. It changes your world, that's for sure. It absolutely does. I can't, wa- I can't watch a St. Jude's commercial. I, did, I, I lose it. I cry every time. Yeah, it's, it's an emotional thing. You know, and I mean, yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely a rough story. I mean, from all angles, you know, yeah. you feel for everybody involved in the entire story. I think that's why it hits so hard. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, one more thing, and I know it's it's getting late, and I appreciate you guys taking the time to do this. And I know we've had a multitude of uh, connectivity issues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All because Lance started telling that damn story. All right, sorry. Dude, every time, every time he does it, look, got, I, this is not, I'm not kidding. The first time that we ever brought this about, I'm sure that you've been, you know, they've, they've been you know, in the know for a little bit now. Strange road, strange road, guys. Yeah. Mikey and Bub, you know, their studio that they have there, everything they have going on. I mean, they're professional dudes. Like, right. you know, that's that's what they did for for a long time before they ever got into the podcast. Right. Lance starts telling that story. I start telling about my encounter, and that's the first time that we had ever told, like, the story in its entirety. And, man, like, they had so many audio glitches and, and – just like, you know, our audio would cut completely out and then theirs would cut completely out and then it would be this crazy echo and, and reverb and like, it was nuts, man. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And then here tonight, as soon as he starts talking about it, everything's going good. And as soon as he starts talking about it, Riverside got, starts going nuts, kicks me out. Wi-Fi drops completely out. Every time I start trying to reconnect, it just keeps crashing yeah and then somehow i get back in there and i'm listening to you guys for probably 15 minutes thinking that you know i'm back in and then y'all start talking about how i'm still not in there i was like wait what (laughs) like i'm literally sitting right here my screen tells me four people are in this studio and i'm one of them well i don't know weird man i'm gonna go back to the very beginning um before ryan got in there do you remember when Lance, when Lance entered in 
how all of a sudden we were getting the echo. Don't you put that evil on me here. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, here's the thing with this, this kind of stuff, you know, um, anytime you've got electronics, anytime you've got software, anytime you've got any kind of equipment involved, you always run the risk of something failing, something not working right. You know, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't restart my internet. So it's not at full strength. Maybe you didn't restart yours. You know, there's a number of different things that can cause the issues that we have. But with you, you were the first one in the studio. You and I were talking. We had no problems whatsoever. Lance comes in, the three of us, we're talking. We have no problems. Ryan comes in finally, and we're having no problems. And then all of a sudden, we start having issues. And yeah. not only is it not letting you back in, I lose all internet. It kicks me out. These two, they're still going at it. I have to come back into the studio. And, you know, sometimes I think, you know, I've, I've had people pose the question to me, aren't you afraid that by delving into this type of stuff that you're opening yourself up to attack that, you know, and, and I really don't, I don't feel like I'm, and maybe I, you know, maybe I've, I'm too cocky in that. I feel my spiritual armor is really, really good. And, you know, my, my faith, my belief, even though you may call it what you call it and you may call it what you call it. And I call it what I call it at the end of the day, it's all a belief in the same thing. You know, there's, there's little differences here and there, but it's all the same thing. I think, I think, I think things take notice. I think we have things around us that are not necessarily attached to us. But I think when when people become of, aware of these types of things and they pay attention to it, I think things pay attention back. Oh, yeah. You know, and I don't, yeah. don't take me wrong. I don't think it's a good thing. But uh, Lance, back to what we talked about early on, it's not, I don't necessarily think it's a, a bad, bad thing. I think it's, it's a it's leaning towards a bad thing, but it's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? We said on our show a lot, Eric, the more you stare into the abyss, and you can preface abyss with anything, to the veil and to the paranormal and to the whatever, the more you stare at it, the more it stares back. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, uh, I, I definitely, and, and I don't know that I ever really thought about it or believed that until until my trip down to Tennessee when I went down for the big long portal babies episode with Tony yeah. and yeah. and Joel and the cryptid boys um that that was that was kind of a defining trip for me that weekend really really made me start to take notice that things were we're looking back. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I was researching uh, entity known as Lilith for a couple weeks, diving really hard, and, and you know, 
tying all this different stuff together all throughout ancient history and you know, all this different stuff. And uh, I'm pretty sure she showed herself to me one night. Really? And in kind of a way of like, hey, chill out. Stop looking at me so much or I'm going to start looking at you. Really? So, Tell me about that. How was yeah. that? Well, these boys have heard it a few times. Uh, we were looking into, you know, I, I had this, I was just looking at this line of thinking of, you know, that these certain entities, uh, they've, they've been known by many different names all throughout history. You know, they have a thousand different names, but they're the same, the same entity, the same old God, if, if you want to say that at the end of the day. So I was tying Pan and Lilith, you know, specifically, uh, I was tying them to a bunch of different uh, old gods that were worshipped in different ancient civilizations all throughout history, all, all the way from ancient Sumer, you know, to, to Babylon, to Egypt, to uh, you know, early European, you know, the Celtic tradition, all the way over into America, you know, and they, they, the same entities are just, they, they're given different names. Right. So I'm doing all this research and I'm making all these ties and, and I'm doing all this. So I go out to the hot tub one night and well, first off we started getting plagued by, uh, birds of prey, specifically owls. We started getting play all three of us started getting plagued by owls and in every civilization this Lilith entity or you know whatever she's been called you know Morgana uh, you know whatever she's been called all throughout these different cultures and civilizations she's always symbolized by owls or crows something of the sort you know it's some so it's often said that she has you know, bird's feet, you know, owl's feet, uh, that she has, comes around with a flock of, of owls, that she has the wings of an owl, you know, all these different things. So we're plagued by owls for for a while. I, I told these guys, you know, I thought that I'd seen the same three crows everywhere that I went. It's like they just follow me around. I would get out and walk somewhere, three crows would be in a tree just squawking like crazy or calling like crazy, I guess. What's it called? Then I'd show up and you know, I'd drive 25 miles somewhere and get out, and there'd be three crows up in this tree calling. It's like the whole time going. So I was like, all right, okay, something's going on. Well, I kept digging, kept digging. The birds didn't scare me off. Uh, I'm out in the hot tub one night here at home, and you know, I'm just kicked back, relaxing. And, you know, I, I kind of closed my eyes. The way that I was looking, I was looking over toward the edge of the yard toward my outbuildings. And I'm kicked back. I close my eyes. I'm relaxing, and I open my eyes, and I look. And as I look across the yard toward my outbuilding, I see this. I see this lady in white. Look like a, a white shift. Just dirty, tattered. Step from outside or from behind my outbuilding and lock eyes with me. And this is going to sound weird because I can tell you we locked eyes, but I cannot tell you anything about her face. I have no, I have no idea. I know that it was a lady. 
I know that she had dark hair and a white shift, but I can't tell you what her face looked like. But she did that. I, I locked eyes, and I was like, okay, it's time for me to go back inside. This is it. I'm pretty vulnerable out here in this hot tub. I'm, I'm, I'm in my skivvies. <laughs> I'm heading back inside. So I jump out. You know, I throw a towel around me. I'm heading up the back porch. And, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, do not look back. Do not look back. Do not look back. But I'm a little stupid. So I look back. Like, I, I've got to check and see if she's still there. I have to. So I look back. My heart's pounding. I'm like freaking out. She's gone. But there's a second outbuilding that's right beside of that one. And there was an owl perched at the top of that outbuilding. Watch. So uh, I've gave Lil a break since then. We've, me and her, we, we've taken a little break. We've, we've separated since then for a while at least. Now, were you, were you indicating out, the, Eric. What's that? He chickened out. Lilith scared him too much. <laughs> now, were you guys, you guys as well, experiencing owls during the time that he, the, all this was going on? Yes. And after, after he decided to back off and give her a break, did your experiences with owls back off I as well? Since. Really? Yep. I haven't seen one since. You're muted, Lance. Thanks, Ryan, for telling me. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it, but no, I guess, I guess I haven't really seen the owls like I had while he was going through all that. It was weird too because we, where I saw the owls at, I've never ever seen owls there before. Seen every other type of wildlife there. Um, where we live, we kind of drive up. Like you have to drive through the mount, through through the woods to get to the woods of my house, essentially. Um, but we're heading up a road that I've traveled a thousand times, and on a guardrail. Um, we were coming up late when one Wednesday night, uh, girls were almost asleep, and my wife hits me. She's like, "Hey, look, there's an owl!" And it was on the guardrail, just like looking at us, and it just followed us the whole way. And I thought that was weird because I'd never seen an owl in that position before. Uh, next night, well, I guess three or four nights later, we're traveling at the same time. Same exact spot. Just follows us the whole way uh, in my life. Oh, look, there's that cute little owl's back. I said, yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely there. And it just didn't kind of say anything. Um, and then a couple more times, it kind of happened in the exact same spot. And I've not seen it since. Now, I don't know about where you guys are, but, you know, f for me here, man, I've, I've maybe, I've maybe seen two owls in 57 years. I've, I hear them, you know, I know they're around. I'll, you'll hear them at night, but to lay eyes on one, I've only seen two in my lifetime. So for me, that yeah. that would, you know, are are they more? It's not totally uncommon for us to see owls. I mean, I, I got, 
I've saw two of them this morning. We were out turkey hunting and using a owl call to try to locate some gobblers, and we had two owls fly out of the tree. I mean, it's not totally uncommon, but it's not like one of those regular experiences either. Yeah. Well, I think it's just I like the number. Go ahead, Brian. I was just saying, I've definitely seen a lot more owls during that span of time than I ever did the rest of my life. I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say too. I was going to say I've probably seen, you know, I could count on two hands how many owls that I'd seen my entire life, and it was like the time that I that that was going on that I was doing so much research into that. Like I was seeing them every day. Well, shoot, the morning that we went, you know, that we drove down to Tennessee to go record in studio with Tony, as I was going down the road, way before I even went and made it to pick these boys up, there was an owl, one owl that crossed in front of my vehicle, and then one owl that was sitting on the side of the road as I got that way. And I was like, okay, so this is this is how we're going today. All right. <laughs> It's strange. Yeah. It really is. I, I, I do believe that, like Lance said, when when you stare into the when you stare into the darkness, once your eyes acclimate and you can see better in the night, you're gonna see things looking back at you. Oh yeah. I agree. One hundred percent. Well, gentlemen, we're coming up on two hours. I know it's late for everybody, and I I want to thank you all for for making this happen. Um, it's unfortunate that we had the uh, the technical issues, but know, the sometimes I think uh, I think when that happens, you leave it up to the listener, you know. Was it technical difficulties? Was you know? Was it just hardware issues, or was something else at play? I know what I think, and yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, quickly let everybody know what you got going on, what's coming up, where they can find you. Uh, we have, obviously, this show with you. Uh, we have a cryptid episode coming out with boys from Hush Hush Society. Uh, we're actually recording with them later on this week. Uh, we're recording with our good friend Bo Kennedy at the Bump Podcast uh, later this month. And I think after Bo, as of now, that will kind of close out our guest appearances on all these different shows for for a while anyway. I, well, I guess until people start messaging again, <laughs> it picks back up. But uh, you can look out for all those. Uh, you can find us on a lot of, of different podcasts. We've made the rounds here recently. Uh, you know, we're super thankful for Eric. We're super thankful for the relationship that we've made with him, the friendship that we've made. Uh, throughout, you know, getting to speak with him, chop it up. Uh, it's 
great dude. So we appreciate you for having us on. Thank you. But you can find us anywhere. You can find Appalachian Intelligence anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can subscribe to our YouTube at Appalachian Intelligence. Uh, you can, you know, we have a Patreon. You can come over and check that out if you're, if you're led, you feel led to do that. You can follow us on all socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're mainly, we're more active on Instagram than, than anywhere else. Uh, you can hop over in our Discord, come hang out with the Hill folk over there. There's always some kind of good conversation going on over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can just go to the old Google machine, type in Appalachian Intelligence, and you can find pretty much everything that, that we have going on. Uh, you know, we just, our main thing is something that we talk about all the time. We just love building the tribe. We love getting people's stories and sitting down and having the conversations. Um, you know, we're just, we're three ordinary dudes from the Appalachian Mountains, just a bunch of, just a bunch of yah yah hill folk. <laughs> but, you know, we like to talk about weird stuff. We like to sit down and, and just have the conversations, man. Theorize on different things, tell cool stories, learn about, about cooler stories. And uh, it's just what we're all about. We apologize to all you uncomfortable listeners for the technical difficulties tonight. Uh, I believe it was Shadow Man. What was yeah, that, Yeah, good job, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I was saying uh, I apologize for my jacket. I thought I was on mute. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Rearranging his damn house while he's on mic. <laughs> well, um, hey, I want to offer you guys uh, every pretty much every Friday. We've I've been going live in my in my Discord in one of the voice channels. And we get somewhere in the neighborhood of 20, 25 people popping in there. And we just, we spend two, three hours just talking about weird stuff. So uh, anytime any of you guys, you're more than welcome. I invite you to, to pick up a link and pop in there anytime you want. I, we've had the guys from uh, Hollow Sky come in. We've had Cryptids of the Corn in there. Um, you guys are always welcome. And uh, I sure do appreciate you guys taking the time and doing this with me. Uh, you guys are great guys. I love what you're doing. And uh, it feels like uh, surrounding yourself with family. So, Absolutely. We feel the fun. same way, sure. brother. All right, man. Well, hopefully here's to, uh, here's to more collaborations down the road. Hopefully, Absolutely. hopefully oh, yeah. the uncomfortable, here, here. the uncomfortable congregation comes over and uh, mixes well with the hill folk. Well, they already I'm have sure. one. I'm sure they'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you Eric. for having us, Eric. Well, that's it for tonight's show. I hope you enjoyed hearing from the boys over at AI, Appalachian Intelligence. Give them some love. If you haven't already started following them, please do so. Again, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. I apologize for the sound of my voice. 
I am battling one hell of a head cold. If you have a story or an experience that you'd like to have aired on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Make sure to share the show in any way you can. That's what helps the podcast grow. Share it with your friends, family, coworkers. That's the main thing that you can do to help continue to grow this show and get it out in front of more people that will love what we're doing. Thanks for joining me, and I will see you next week, hopefully more healthy than I am today. But until then, as always, stay uncomfortable, my friends. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.